uh, be in the book of Hebrews this morning. I don't know about you all, but the world does seem like quite a mess lately. Um, yeah, we got a pandemic going on. We got election chaos and a polarized nation. Um, let alone if I followed you all around all week, we could really see what a mess we all are, right? Um, my family, we have our little Leah who we love and is uh, doing good. She's doing real good. She's made a lot of progress in the past couple of months. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Brandon. I'm the, uh, the executive pastor around here, whatever that means. Uh, it means I wear a lot of hats, but I'm glad to. I'm glad to share this morning. Uh, my daughter Leah has uh, SMA and uh, she's in a wheelchair, but she's making good progress and she's thrilling us and we're thankful. Um, we are trying to take a hard pass on the COVID if possible. Um, lung things are not, not good for kids with her condition, but uh, at the same time, I'm grateful to have this job here. Uh, my, as soon as the pandemic started, my, both my brothers and my brother-in-law all lost their jobs um, in March and April, and so it was kind of a awakening to me to both um, be cautious for my daughter, but also thankful that I have a job and thankful that I uh, get to be a minister in God's church and that we can walk this line as believers, um, not being afraid, but walking faithfully with him. So we're going to try to talk about that, but all that to say, there's a lot of drama. Some of you might have experienced it over Thanksgiving. Uh, sometimes we invite family over and they bring drama and, or they come into our drama or we go to theirs or whatever it is. Um, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if God would just send an angel to fix all this, right? If God just sent an angel, wiped out the pandemic, uh, if God just sent an angel and sat down with my family and said, listen, here's how the cow ate the cabbage or whatever you want to say. Uh, if God, like, and we see this in the Old Testament, right? It seems like Israel's in a mess and then an angel shows up and we're like, yes, the angel's here. And so it's interesting because the book of Hebrews is written to people who were persecuted. They were Jewish people. They had come to believe in Jesus Christ and they were now a part of the church, which took them uh, kind of put them out of the synagogue, put them out of the Jewish community. And and so they're a part of the church, but they're receiving a lot of persecution for it. They probably have a hard time finding jobs. They're probably not invited to family dinners or anything that the community was doing. And there was this temptation for them to go back and say, well, it would just be easy. I mean, maybe in my heart, I'll just keep believing in Jesus but maybe I'll just go back to all to this Jewish stuff so I can be a part of my community, so I can find a job, so I can be a part of what's going on. And so really the whole book of Hebrews is written to these persecuted believers in Jerusalem that are struggling with this, struggling with this idea of life was easier uh, before I followed Jesus. Uh, maybe we look at some of our family members that way and go, ah, they just live a carefree whatever life. Um, and we go, hmm, wonder about that. And so really, the writer's making this argument throughout the whole book of Hebrews that um, Jesus is better. Jesus is better. That in Him, you've found the greatest of everything, even if we forget it sometimes. And specifically in chapter 2, he's making a weird argument about angels. Um, so if you all would stand, we're going to read chapter 2. Uh, we'll start in verse 10 and read down through the end of the chapter. Hebrews chapter 2, starting in verse 10. <clears throat> For it is fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one origin. 
That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell you, sorry, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Let's pray and ask that God would help us. God, who are we to come before your word? Um, Help us, God, help us to understand, and not just to understand, but to take these things to heart and that they might change our lives. Um, God, thank you for Christ. We ask that as we look to him, that you would calm our fears, that you would help us in our temptations, that you would overcome sin in our lives. And God, thank you so much that he is better than everything, better than the world's advice, better than everything, God. And help us to see that this morning. Give me the words to speak, um, to be an encouragement to your people this morning. God, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So if there were two teachers, and I just, I just put up two teachers up here. Some of y'all are teachers. And I said, this teacher here is at an amazing school, right? This is the best school. This is the school you want your kids to go to. This is the school that, that uh, you know, they've got all the sports. They're winning the trophies. they got, you know, all the academic clubs. They're sending people to Harvard, all this stuff. And I put another, another teacher over here and say, well, this teacher, this is an inner city school. Right? This is a school district that struggles to have funds. This is where 100% of the kids are on free and reduced lunch and, and all this stuff. Um, in our humanness, we're kinda, we'd be kind of tempted to go, well, that's probably the better teacher. Right? And yet in reality, what I just described to you has nothing to do with how good of a teacher they are. <laughs> right? I told you where they were. I told you what's around them. I told you where they choose to teach. But I didn't tell you anything about how they are actually a teacher. And so the writer of Hebrews um, is kind of making this argument about angels. Because for Jewish people, I mean, angels were where it was at. I mean, when the angel of the Lord showed up, stuff happened. We were defended. The enemies of God were wiped out. The, whatever it was, it was just taken care of. And so the, the, the Jewish people were kind of looking at Christians going, you guys going to follow that guy? I mean, look at him. He hung on a cross. I mean, he was all dusty and dirty and he walked around here with sinners and all these kinds of people. And, and so they said, look, look at us. We got Moses. We got Abraham. We got angels. We got all this stuff over here. What are you guys doing following this guy from Nazareth of all places? And so the writer of Hebrews is, is kind of throwing back at them an argument saying, oh, do you really want to follow angels? Uh, are you sure about that? And so today he's going to kind of do this thing where we go back and forth He's going to tell us why Jesus is like us, why Jesus became a man, a human like us, and why that's the best thing in the world for us. 
right? Why? It's better than any angel. It's better than anything else we could have ever imagined. And so I kind of want our minds to be blown by this fact that God became man. As we come into the Christmas season, uh, it's not a small thing that the God of the universe would, would make himself a man. So, um, so he's presenting these things. Look down. We're going to just see. We're just going to have three points, and it's going to alternate between what Jesus is like and the reasons why. And if you look down at 2.14, we're actually going to only go through half of what we read. Um, the first point, if you're a note taker, was he was made like us so he could set us free. Right? So he could free us. Uh, since, therefore... Okay, so he's given these arguments from the Old Testament about how there are points in the Old Testament where you can see that the Messiah was going to call brothers and sisters humans, right? Even though the Jews didn't want to admit that. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, that's us, he himself likewise partook of the same thing. Uh, This is the idea that Jesus was not always human. Okay, we need to be specific about this. Jesus became human at the incarnation, right? At, this is a Christmas story. This is what we're talking about. He was God in heaven, worshipped, right? Worshipped, exalted, powerful, everything. And then he says, I'm going to come into history as a little baby. I'm going to partake. It's this idea that we use that same kind of word when we do communion. or we, It's like he says, okay, here's this human nature with its fragility and its finiteness and its temptations and its suffering and its ability to die. And the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, says, I'm going to partake of this. I'm going to take this to myself. And so as believers, we believe that he stays 100% God, but that he also, being God, can 100% take our nature and make the two into one. Okay, And this is what we believe about Christ, is that he's 100% God, 100% man, and we're going to see why that's such a blessing to us. So he, so he partakes it. He's made like us. But why? Look down. He partook of the same thing, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. So this is saying the, the big reason he's pointing us, the reason why Christ partook of human nature was so he could experience death. That, um, for me, right? I mean, maybe if it was for like somebody important, <laughs> but for me, for you, for us in Tehachapi on the backside of nowhere, like uh, he's doing this for us. And so he partook that through death, I wrote down here, it is good to remember how antithetical this should be in our minds, that through death, to render death dead. That through death, he would render death dead. Most would view the death, the weak, humiliating death of their leader as a shame, but the Christians glorified in it. Our Savior died for us that we might no longer fear death. There's no other religion that makes such a claim. Okay? You're not going to find that he says... I'm God. I could have never experienced death, loss, need, temptation. I could have never experienced any of that, right? He could have been in heaven. He could have made us earn it. He could have whatever, whatever other way, and yet he decides a way where he will pay the price for us, where he will experience death for us. And what does this free us from? This is 
kind of obviously why this passage came to mind for this morning. When I got the phone call last night, the red phone rang. Kevin saying, uh, I'm not going to make it tomorrow. You're up. I said, oh, great. I'll put the turkey away and we'll get going on this. <laughs> um, that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. An angel couldn't do that. Right? The angels couldn't destroy Satan. The angels couldn't die to destroy Satan. He says this power of death, look down in verse 15, and to, deliver, and to deliver those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. This fear of death, this is the power. I think this, the power of death that Satan wields over us is the fear of death. I think those two are synonymous in these verses because really God has the power of life and death, but Satan uses this, right? He uses this fact that we die to gain power for himself that he might hold us in fear. And man, if you don't see the taskmaster calling right now in our world, the fear of death is rampant. Is rampant. Okay? Now, I want to say one thing real quick. Some of you are watching at home. Some of you are watching over there. I wear a mask because of my daughter. Um, It doesn't all have to be done in fear. I'm not assuming that if you're at home or you're over in the simulcast room or you're wearing a mask that you're afraid, okay? There are reasonable responsibilities. I would prefer my daughter not to suffer through the, a terrible lung disease. I need to keep myself healthy because I think my wife and my family need me. Whatever it is, like that doesn't have to be fear. And so I don't want you to hear this and go, well, he's just saying I'm being fearful. No, but you might be, right? And when my boss calls me, you know, and says, hey, I'm sick, and I go, oh man, I was just around him yesterday. There's a temptation to fear, right? To go, oh, what if, what if, what if, right? There's a, the taskmaster, Satan, the slave, the slave master calls and says, hey, aren't you going to tremble right now? Aren't you going to worry? Aren't you going to be afraid? And he snaps the whip. And so I want to tell you as believers, we don't have to respond to that. <laughs> We don't, we don't have to listen to that call because God, because God in Christ destroyed Satan who holds that power, who thinks he holds that power, right? Um, and really, uh, physical death and, and spiritual death, Satan uses this whip. I want to I encourage those of you who think, oh, I'm not afraid to die. Okay, but somehow you're afraid of who the president of the United States will be? All right? Oh, I'm not afraid to die, but oh, the world's going down the toilet. I'm afraid of the world going down the toilet. Oh, wait, wait a second now. <laughs> oh, I'm not afraid to die, but you know, these, this conspiracy here, or this, this thing there, or this whatever. I just want to encourage you. Fear, Satan will drive you to it whatever way he can get at you. Right? He'll say, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. What if the whole world's against us? What if, what if, it's, all a, what if it's all a thing so that the, the, we can all be oppressed and they'll persecute the church? And, and what if? Do we not have the God who destroyed death? Do we as His people cower in fear and act as if, oh, well, you know? No, don't. Now again, be responsible. Do all that stuff. And I'm, I'm not putting that on anybody here too, but I'm saying we all have this temptation 
to react in fear, right? To see a Facebook post and to tremble somehow, to see uh, someone sick and to tremble, to whatever it is to go in our hearts, oh no, oh no, oh no. And God says, I destroyed it in Christ. Look down in verse 15, to deliver those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. This should break our hearts, right? When we see a world that trembles, that's so afraid to die, that they don't even know what to do. May the church of God rise up and say, you, ne- you need not be a slave to that. Um, you don't need to be a slave to being religious and think, what if I'm not good enough for God? You don't need to be a slave to, what if God, like, all, God will push it aside and say, in Christ, I will freely pardon you, accept you, and give you eternal life. Done. And may we be the ones in the hospitals and on the phones and wherever it needs to be telling people that. Right? Uh, may that be us. I want to just point out one fun thing. Verse 16. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. So he's, so he's saying, um, well, the angels, he doesn't help them. This word help, it, it's literally the word for like to, to, to rescue. That word when, um, when Peter is sinking, right? When Peter's been walking on the water, but all of a sudden he starts sinking. This is the word, right? It's to, it's to literally grab a hold of and bring out of a situation, Okay. Now it's also used. It's, it's also used in the context of arrest, where they would grab a hold of somebody, and so it's literally saying that Christ will grab hold of you, that he'll take he'll he'll take you to himself, and uh, you'll have no worries, no enemies. No, that he's with you, and you're with him. He'll take a hold of you, and so I want us to remember that he helps us. So first thing was he was made like us, so that he could free us. Okay, free us from the slavery. Secondly. He was made like us so that he could take our guilt. Look down at verse 17. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. What an amazing thing. Look at that. Verse 17. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers. The God of the universe obligated himself to find a way to save us. You guys get like for me, again, this is not some important person, right? This is not for you know the rich and the famous or the important, the influencers or whoever your favorite people are nowadays. This is for us. That God obligated himself. He had to be made like his brothers. Who are we? That he would take on flesh for me. It was necessary. So he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. Jesus wasn't part human. He wasn't Superman. He got he could he had the power of God and he could do more than I could do, but he got hungry. He was really tempted. I'm sure he was frustrated with the disciples sometimes. We see him get angry. We see him weep at death, by the way. Right? The death of his friend, the pain that it caused. He weeps when Lazarus dies because he realizes this is what humanity is left to, is death. 
without Christ. He did this for us in every respect. Middle of the verse, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. Uh, This is the whole point of the Old Testament sacrificial system. Right? The writer of Hebrews assumes that they would have known that. These were Jewish people. They, saw, they had an actual temple where sacrifices took place, where lambs were slaughtered, where grain was offered, where fat was burned on the altar, where the one priest went in one time a year with a bell on his robe so that they could tell that he wasn't dead because he was approaching the God of the universe. They knew all that. And he says this whole system points to the fact that God Himself would become the priest. That God Himself would become the priest and the sacrifice. Both. That He would say, I can represent God, and because I'm a perfect man, and fully man, I can represent man, and then I'll provide the peace in the middle, which is death, that we could be forgiven. Right? And so He takes our guilt Right, look down. He was made a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the world. That word propitiation is a big word that means to take away guilt, to not just to take it away and like hide it somewhere, but to expel it, to consider it paid, to take it upon yourself and and make nothing up, like to, to bring it down to zero. So he takes the weight of our sin and he propitiates it and he slams it down to nothing takes it upon himself. What I want to point out in this verse is, look at the word merciful and faithful. How different from that? Look, look up at the, the verse before, uh, verse 14. The, who, to destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the, deli- that is the devil, to deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So you have the power of death, the devil, fear of death, lifelong slavery. This is how the enemy is described. Then how is Christ described? Merciful and faithful. He's for us. Why? I don't know. But he's for us, right? He's faithful to me. Anybody here want to say you're faithful to him? I want to shout it, but it's not true all the time. Right? I want to say, Christ, I want to be faithful to you, but... I wouldn't necessarily put that title in front of my name. But Christ can put it in front of His. And then merciful. I mean, praise the Lord that He would call Himself merciful. That that's the title He would put in front of His name is the merciful high priest. Um, the Jews were used at this point to high priests that were ruthless. It was a political job. It was... It was this ruthless, power-hungry, violent system they had turned it into in Jesus' day. And if you got on the wrong side of the high priest in Jerusalem, you could be killed. This actually would happen to James. Uh, He got on the wrong side of the high priest, then the Roman governor was replaced and was gone for a month, and the high priest took the opportunity while he was gone to kill James. This is what they were used to in the the priestly system of their day. And yet, Jesus takes upon himself the title of merciful and faithful. So, he was made like us so that he could free us from the fear of death. He was made like us so that he could take our guilt. Look down at verse 18. 
He was made like us so that he could help us. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He suffered temptation. I mean, so we have God who's partaking of flesh. Didn't have to. Wasn't a part of him before that. We have him obligating himself to us to become like us. And then we look and we go, some of us would have gone like this. Well, you know, I'll, I'll become human, but let's leave, I mean, let's leave some of the worst parts out, you know? That death, I mean, we do, this is how we serve sometimes, right? We'll all serve as long as, we'll all help you as long as, we'll all be a part of it as long as, and Jesus did none of that death, I'll take it with humanity. Temptation, I'll take it. Suffering, I'll take it. Weakness, I'll take it. Hunger, I'll take it. And again, for who? For us. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have done it this, I would have, I mean, maybe I would have, if I was God, maybe I would come down and take flesh and be a king and sit in a palace and, you know, say, well, okay, I'll figure out a way to save you like this. But Jesus says, I'll take all of it. And this part temptation he took just so he could help us. The word help there means just to to render aid. Right? When you're feeling tempted, do you wish someone could come to your aid? Not someone high and mighty, right, who thinks you're dumb for being tempted. We all have people that try to help us that way. Well, that's stupid. That's not a very encouraging way to help someone. (laughs) Do you know your temptation's dumb? That's not help, really. Uh, And yet Jesus says, I'll help you. I suffered temptation also. And the interesting thing is, he had all the power, right? I love in the Garden of Gethsemane where Peter's taken up a sword and and going to try to fight for Jesus. And Jesus says, Peter, don't you think I could call down legions of angels? Take care of this? He's basically saying, if he, if I, if he gave in to the temptation to fear death, to avoid it, to, 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 to save himself, he says, I could have done it like that. And yet for us, he doesn't. Um... For us, he, he gives aid. Uh, so, he's made like us so that he could free us. He's made like us so he could take our guilt. He was made like us so that he could help us. Uh, how do the angels sound now? Right? This is what the writer of Hebrews is getting at. He says, okay, yeah, you could have an angel come help you. But... Uh, we don't have to fear death. An, an angel could come and deliver you from all your worldly troubles, but he couldn't take away your fear of death. Right? This is the sad thing, right, in our world. The vaccine will come. Can't take away the fear of death. Not if we're living in reality. Of course, some, a lot of the world chooses not to live in reality. Walk out of your door, there's dangerous stuff. 
vaccine, you know, it'll be nice for the pandemic, but it can't take away the fear of death. Uh, we can be saved from our sins. An angel could come and judge the evil of this world, right? God has sent angels in judgment before and just wiped evil off the face of a city or whatever it is. And, but the angel couldn't save us from our own sins. God could send the most powerful angel. Couldn't save us from our sins. Right? I want to say this. We could write, you, you, we could, we could make it so the world looks right to you. Politics, the, the, your job, your, your kids, your parents, your, your every. We could make it so it all looks right. Couldn't take away your sins. I couldn't do it. Government couldn't do it. Angel couldn't do it. Nobody could do it. An angel could even come and uh, eliminate suffering, right? God sent his angels to feed people. God sent his angels to take away sickness. God's used angels for all this. But an angel couldn't help you with the temptations inside. In fact, an angel would look at you like, what? You're tempted? What? Like they'd have no understanding. They would just go, well, they would probably do that same thing. Well, that's dumb. Why would you go against God? I mean, this is the angel, which is awesome that that's their perspective, but they're not going to have any sympathy for us. So even if we eliminated suffering, judged evil, deliver all worldly trouble, Christ is still the best. And I want to tell you, if 2021 is better, which I hope we're all hoping it will be, right? The Lord will keep getting worse. The Lord will come. It'll be fine. Um, but 2021 is better. God, help us that we wouldn't forget that we still need Him. In fact, I would even pray that the world stays afraid of death, that they might know that they need Christ. Maybe I would pray, I don't know, this is more dangerous, this seems scarier, but what if God keeps us in suffering that he would teach us that we need Christ? Oh, too much. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I really do try to be encouraging up here. Kevin always tells me, Brandon, smile a little bit, you know? Um, he's probably there watching. Hey, boss. Um, Think about it, though. We have Christ. Don't go back. Don't fear at a Facebook post. Don't fear at a pandemic. Don't fear when the crazy family comes knocking at Christmas time, right? Don't, don't fear when someone goes into the hospital and you have no idea why, pandemic or no. Don't fear when your kids rebel and sin. Don't fear when... Uh, your family isn't, whatever, whatever, when you lose your job, when, when life looks like it's falling apart, don't fear, right? Of all people, Christians, when the slave master of fear calls, we need to be the ones to say, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that call. Um, so I want to encourage you, Jesus entered our sufferings. He didn't stay a bystander. 
came directly to us. He helps us, sympathizes with us, and he died for us. Um, If you're here today and you think that you're okay with God because of who you are, I want to tell you you're wrong. Um, If you're here today and you think that death is is an enemy that cannot be overcome, I want to tell you you're wrong. If you're here today and you think that you've been more sinful and that God would have nothing to do with you, I want to tell you you're wrong. The God of this universe, through His Son, Jesus Christ, stepped into our world, took on our nature, was tempted, suffered, lived a perfect life nonetheless, died for us, that if you would believe in Him, He would give you eternal life, forgive all of your sins, bring you into His family. Um, That's the message we take out. And if that's not what you believe here today, I'd love to talk to you afterwards and uh, tell you more about Christ. And you all pray with me and we'll be done for today. God, thank you for your son. Um, Who are we, Lord, that you would um, give us him, that you would allow us to um, have relationship with you because of his death? Uh, God, I'm so encouraged. I pray, God, that in my own heart, when I feel that fear of death rising, that um, I wouldn't answer, that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't be uh, scared, that I would remember that you've conquered death, you've conquered the grave. God, when we're tempted to look towards other things, um, angels or worldly power or political power or um, manipulation in our families, whatever it is, God, whatever tools we think we should use to to be uh, better and get our way, Lord, may we know that Christ is better, better by far. And God, when we're tempted in our own hearts, um, anger, evil, pride and lust and deceit and deception and slander, all these things, God, would 